0: Have a bully inside your head telling you that you're not good enough do you lean towards self-defeat do you have trouble believing in yourself and are you dying to learn how to become the perfect version of you a you that you dream about if you answered yes then you're like me and this podcast is for you welcome to the journey to worthy podcast where we discuss self-esteem worthiness and transformation through a gay lens i'm your host jeremy long And I want to share my journey with you. Welcome to the Journey to Worthy. All right. Welcome to another episode of Journey to Worthy podcast. I'm sitting here with my friend, Kayla. Hi, Kayla.
1: Hey, Jeremy.
0: How's it going?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Good. Super good. Super excited to have you. Why don't you go ahead and tell us just a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay. Well, I'm originally from Newfoundland. Mm -hmm. This summer actually marks my 10th year living in Vancouver. Oh, wow. Um, I came out here to pursue a career in film. Yeah. 10 years into film, I decided to switch careers. Right. And here I am today living a fulfilling life in yeah. fitness.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. So, this is your big step out of film. 10 years, like that's a big commitment. That's a big time to spend at one job. So, good for you to kind of realize that you wanted to have a shift.
1: Thank you. That's
0: great. Yeah, very exciting. And you said you grew up in Newfoundland. Just curious, what was that like?
1: Uh, it was a very small town living. Yeah, um, yeah. So my hometown had about 8,000 people.
0: Oh, wow. That is really small. Yeah,
1: yeah. very small. Um, I was just itching to get out yeah. into the city.
0: Yeah.
1: So I moved here when I was 19.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but living in Newfoundland, I... Participated in things like martial arts. Oh, wow. I had three jobs where I did contract painting. Oh, wow. Um, I also was a, a lifeguard. Okay. And I worked at a sportswear shop. Yeah. For
0: women's clothing? Uh, For women's. unisex. So, oh, yeah, cool.
1: So men, women. Great. Yeah.
0: You say you've had a little bit of all different kinds of jobs yeah. over the years.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Good, good, good. What? Uh, what was it like? So you were gay as well. What yes. was it like growing up as a lesbian in Newfoundland, small town, eight thousand people? I can't imagine that's easy. I mean, I grew up in a small town, but not bigger than that. So.
1: Yeah, in high school, I I had a boyfriend.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: I had my high school sweetheart. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just kind of that wasn't something that was talked about mm-hmm. being from a small town. It was always being teased about the yeah. next boyfriend uh, that you might have or who's going to ask you out on a date. Yeah. Or there's a boy on the phone. So that was never something that got talked about a whole lot. Right. But as I got into college, um, my cousin came out. Oh, wow. She was a lesbian. And that kind of opened up family's mindset on accepting that Mm -hmm.
0: it just allowed them to see that there's other other ways of living your life
1: exactly and you didn't
0: have to be the first one which is really nice
1: exactly so that kind of opened up the window of communication to talk about being interested in the same sex and even though it was still a struggle for myself coming out because it's always that fear of rejection just because you know, your parents have these expectations of you sometimes mm-hmm. and then that kind of like raises the bar of what the future holds for you kind of. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. And so what, when did you actually come out? Like how old were you?
1: I was 20.
0: Oh yeah. 20. Yeah.
1: So I was living in Vancouver.
0: Okay. So you waited until you moved away.
1: Yeah. So I moved right. to Vancouver at 19. Yeah. By the time I was 20, I, was pretty confident in myself, and I was learning a lot about myself.
0: Yeah, um, especially being in a city like Vancouver is very metropolitan. Exactly, uh, there is quite a large—well, maybe not large—but there's quite a gay community or queer community. So I yeah. can imagine you've had some chance to explore at that point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's easier to go back home being like, actually, I think I'm starting to like who I am. So this is me.
1: Yeah. Like Vancouver allowed me to be myself a little more. Yeah. When I lived in Newfoundland, I was very uptight.
0: Oh, um, okay. I don't I've, see you as being uptight. Oh, I
1: was very uptight. Oh. I was type A personality. Everything had to be done a certain way in a certain hmm. structure. And once I moved to Vancouver, I became a little bit more carefree. Right. Um, I used to get a lot of migraines when I lived in Newfoundland and when I came to Vancouver, they all went away. My stress levels went down, started to kind of come into my own. Um, and I felt like there was so much diversity in the city that I could be my own without being judged or questioned, just accepted. So, um, that's when I decided that Vancouver was my new home.
0: Cool. Yeah. And you've been here for 10 years. So that was, that was so long ago compared to where you are now emotionally,
1: Vancouver has been a huge uh, opportunity for self growth. Like, I feel since coming here, I feel like I've lived three different lives.
0: (laughs) I have the same feeling, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's pretty incredible because even when I go back to to Newfoundland to visit, like, I love reconnecting with family and old friends, right, but at the right. same time, I miss Vancouver a lot. And I know that this is my, my new home. It's
0: your spot. Yeah. It's, That's it's cool.
1: where I'm gonna, gonna settle. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah.
0: So I'm just curious. Sometimes I ask people what, what gets you fired up? Like what gets you going in the morning? Like, what do you look forward to in your day or, you know, in your life?
1: Um, every morning I actually had a point in my life where it was really hard to get up in the morning, mm-hmm. I could stay in bed all day. Nothing felt like it could fire me up, but
0: right.
1: now every morning I actually look forward to working out like cool. that is what gets me out of bed. I right. get really excited because I go to the Robert Lee YMCA. Yeah. And I've met so many people there. So there's a morning crew.
0: Oh, yeah, I
1: bet. And <laughs> Every so, gym's
0: got the morning crew. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I have this social network there. And I look forward to meeting them, hearing about their evenings, yeah. about their weekend plans. Yeah. And it's just really neat because I feel like I'm part of this this tight-knit community.
0: That is really cool. Yeah, so
1: I look forward to that.
0: That's good. It is interesting once you start actually going regularly. You do. You just start meeting people that you just start seeing often enough, right, at the gym. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then they know about my goals and I know about theirs. So just having that... Just, just sharing our personal lives yeah. and not just being another person you're on any elliptical bike or elliptical runner or yeah. um, a stationary bike. Like it's someone who, that you know, you know them on a first name basis yeah. and you know a little bit about their life and yeah. you can, I don't know, it's, it's just nice. It's really nice. Like even I volunteered at the YMCA okay. for a while so that even opened up more doors of getting to know more people. Yeah. And I volunteered in the evening. So then I got to know the evening crew as well. So. I feel when I walk into the YMCA every day, I just kind of feel like this is almost like a second home It sounds
0: like it's your home. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Well, you've just mentioned like a lot about fitness. So I'm just curious, how how did you shift into fitness? Like when did it become so important for you?
1: Three years ago, Mm -hmm. probably. um, Well, I was depressed. Right. um, And I fell into... A deeper depression. So it became clinical. Yeah. And then the doctor actually put me off work from film. Oh, wow. Um, so I had seven months off.
0: Wow. Um,
1: a lot of self reflection, a lot of self work, mm-hmm. a lot of counseling.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: And then after the seven months off work, when I returned back to film, it was never the same. Yeah. And I really wanted to focus on my well being and my physical health because after being depressed, I wasn't eating properly, Mm -hmm. uh, which caused me to start losing my hair. It caused me to develop a skin rash. I just really wasn't healthy just because I wasn't fueling my body appropriately. And I was sleeping all day and I would be awake all night. So I just was not looking after myself. Mm -hmm. So when I went back to film, um, even though I had done all this counseling and all this self work, I felt like I was retracting all of the work I had done. Right. Um, just because I was going back to twelve hour work days, mm-hmm. high stress. Right. And even on like I didn't even get a weekend to myself. There'd be someone calling me on a Saturday or a Sunday. To come in
0: and work or help yeah. out. Yeah. So
1: I I just had to figure out, I had to step back, figure mm-hmm. out what my game plan is for the long term because fitness wasn't sustainable for who I was becoming. So I had to kind of look at where my passions were and where I wanted to see myself in the future. Mm -hmm. And once I did that, it was really easy to choose that fitness was going to be like the best career choice for me.
0: Yeah, that's great. Maybe we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about where you're going with your fitness there, but it sounds like you really went through a lot like it sounds like you had to sort of reevaluate your life at one point, and I think that many people do, but are really afraid to do that. And seeing like something bring you down, like depression, you know, it's interesting that you bring up mental health. We haven't really talked too much about it on the show just yet, so I'm just curious if do you, do you feel like your mental health was it impacted heavily by some circumstances in your life that brought you into a depression?
1: Yeah, the doctor, actually, she was very adamant on me not going on medication. Okay. Because she believed that my depression was situational. Oh. Just because I was living in a situation where it was high stress between work and my personal life. Gotcha. And it was all geared around being a lesbian and having some drama between family, friends. Mm -hmm. It was the perfect storm to to have depression develop. So yeah, that's kind of where that all all came into place. And
0: how old were you when that was going on?
1: I was about 24 when I started becoming depressed. I started feeling a little low. I started isolating myself more from my friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just kind of wanted to stay at home, Uh, tuck myself away and just not kind of think about the next day.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. And how long did that go on for?
1: Uh, I was just since last year, I really got out of it. Mm -hmm. So last January.
0: So um, a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So probably like a year and a half is when I finally started on a new route. So I was starting to feel better probably two years ago, Mm -hmm. but about a year and a half ago was when I finally started to move forward in the right direction where I stopped looking behind At that old path that made me so depressed and just kind of tried to move forward.
0: And what were the first steps? I mean, like, how did you realize where you were in this depression and what were the steps you had to take in order to move forward and out of it? Like you said, it was a bit of a process.
1: It was. Even though I did all this, this counseling and self-work with group therapy. Right. I had several counselors. I still wasn't really getting better.
0: Like Do you think it, that was because of your own mindset around it or?
1: I think so. I think everything, it's kind of like a cycle. So I still wasn't sleeping. I was still depending on sleep aids to fall asleep at night. Right. I still wasn't eating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the biggest turnaround for me was when I started fueling my body. That was mm. when I struggled to eat actual food at first. Yeah because i was in a mindset where i felt that i wanted to starve my body. Like oh. That's that's kind of like where my depression was at. Right. So i had to stop fueling myself just on coffee alone right. and banana bread. <laughs> <laughs> and i started to have meal replacements.
0: Right. Like right. it sounds
1: super simple but i was like something to drink would be easier for me than having to cook something, prepare something. So I started with meal replacements just to get nutrition in my body, get Mm. my hair healthy again, my skin to come back and things like that. And then once that happened, my energy picked up. Right. And I started doing 10 minutes of exercise a day.
0: Great. Even 10 minutes sometimes in the beginning, that is such a big deal.
1: It definitely made a huge difference. So once I started doing that, it kind of gave a little bit of a a wake up call to my endorphins right. pairing that with my counseling yeah that kind of started getting the ball rolling to my recovery
0: so maybe it's sort of a, more of a holistic approach not just you know counseling or medication yeah uh, you know it's fitness it's nutrition it's it's like a lot going on
1: it definitely is right yeah my uh, my body definitely was starving <laughs> like i was starving myself i i needed to to feel it because yeah. I didn't want to do anything but stay in bed all day.
0: Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you mentioned an interesting story to me during our Easter dinner. You were talking about how it was there was another breaking point for you. There was a doctor that like somehow got you to think differently about it, right? Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, I was really... Um, I almost didn't want to admit that I had depression right. when I first had it. Yeah. I was in denial. yeah. And,
0: and maybe that's because, you know, stigma towards, you know, people with any kind of mental health illness, sometimes no one wants to be put in that box.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was scared what was going to happen. I was scared. I was going to get put into a facility Mm -hmm. where I would be monitored by doctors 24 seven. I had no idea what it would entail if I got labeled as depressed or suicidal Mm -hmm. because that that the whole idea was terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that there was something wrong because my- I couldn't even get through my work day without crying. I couldn't answer the telephone without crying. Wow. Uh, my boss several times would look at me and say, Kayla, go home mm-hmm. because I couldn't keep myself together at the workplace. Wow. So that's when I went and I saw a doctor
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I had seen her a few times um, she's really, really great. Mm-hmm. And she started asking me questions above and beyond what a normal walk in doctor would ask. Okay. And the more questions she asked, the deeper she dug with my emotions. And it got to a point where she asked me, Are you having suicidal thoughts? Mm-hmm. And I, everything in my body just ran hot. And I couldn't answer because I knew if I answered, I would start crying. Right. And I just looked at her with this hopeful look in my face that, wow, someone is paying attention
0: to Mm -hmm. my needs. Mm -hmm. And
1: she doesn't even really know me. (laughs) Yeah. So when she acknowledged that I needed help, it was an incredible feeling for me because I felt like maybe I might be able to get out of this Mm -hmm. because someone sees what the problem is. They they recognized it before I would admit it. Yeah. And that's the moment she said, you are done work as of today. When you go back to the office, pack up your desk
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: I'm putting you off work. And that was the, it's
0: like a breaking point. Yeah. That was
1: that was the moment that things started changing and shifting. Wow. And I knew that I had reached this climax in my depression where I couldn't do it alone anymore. Mhm. And she recognized that and I'm grateful mm-hmm. that she was went above and beyond to to help me.
0: Right. Yeah, that's awesome because you bring up a few really interesting points and thanks for, for sharing that. I mean, that's a lot of intimate stuff that you're talking about. So thank you for being willing to revisit it. But, um, having people, you know, go through not only the feelings of the depression, but also the fear that comes along with like, how am I going to be perceived and what will be, you know, what pe- will people say about me? And then that notion of having someone else really just see you for where you are at. And I think that sometimes people try to admit, like, try to be this strong person and, you know, I'll shake it off. I'll get out of it and not really let people in, or maybe they don't even have a lot of close people around them to see what they're going through. And so for you to have a doctor that was willing to, you know, this is not even someone that's really close to you to pry just enough, you know, to make you acknowledge it yourself. That's that's really powerful. Yeah, yeah.
1: Without her, I don't think I'd be where I am today. Right. It was that decision that she made. Yeah. It was a very firm decision. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. Mm -hmm. I was leaving work, and she she had anything to do with it. Like I'm just really glad that I came across her and found her. Mm -hmm. And I pay her a visit every now and then just to kind (laughs) of update her on where I am and my mental state. Um, even though she's not a counselor or a psychiatrist. Yeah. Um, it
0: sounds like she put on a bit of a coaching hat though, for you to pry did. just a little deeper to make you look at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Which is great. Do you think that you like, do you have any suggestions for people that might be in that place of depression? And like, it's, it's just so hard to admit it to themselves, to other people. What would you say to someone that was maybe in that place to help them admit it at least for themselves?
1: Um, just to admit, at least to yourself, I think, I think you owe it to yourself to give yourself a second chance at Mm -hmm. not striving necessarily for happiness, Mm -hmm. but just, just to have a sense of purpose. Like, I think for myself, I found a sense of purpose through writing some children's
0: books. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know if I knew that that's what you were doing. <laughs> that's interesting.
1: Yeah, so that was another pivotal point in my recovery was was these children's books that I wrote. Right. But for people, I think you all deserve a second chance in mm-hmm. that if there's, a, like, opportunity to just take it, even if it's against, like, crushing your ego or yeah. your pride... It was really scary to admit that I had a problem. Yeah. But once I admitted it, it was a lot easier to overcome.
0: Well, and that comes back to like, for me talking about addiction or, you know, heavy drinking use, like the first step is admitting you've got a problem, you know? And that's so interesting just to be able to like, you have to have courage, I think, in order to face your demons. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, it's easy to just hide away from the world even though it doesn't seem easy, but sometimes that appears to be the easier option. Because it is, it's so hard to admit fault or that you've got something going on that's keeping you from living, you know, the life that you really want. Yeah,
1: and sometimes it's easier too to reach out to someone you don't know very well. Mm -hmm. then they're kind of a third party. Yeah. As opposed to, say, someone like a parent who would probably react more emotionally to something like depression, mm-hmm. um, and try to kind of like fold it into like family history or like yeah. we have genetics that tend to have, like people tend to have depression in our family. Whereas oh, yeah. going to a third party was very helpful for me because I knew that she was coming from a place of, of how do we get you better? She wasn't yeah, solution,
0: solution oriented as opposed to historical.
1: Exactly. Right. Yeah, she wasn't emotionally attached to me. She was just yeah. like, I see you as a person, and that you need help, and I want to help you. And to me, that was more significant. Yeah, because it's like, like those times when you do something in- amazing, and mm-hmm. your parents think it's incredible.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whereas. Okay. Maybe it was just all right. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to have a third party to sort of lay it out on the level of what the reality really is yeah. and being able to see something in you that you don't even see maybe how bad it is. Yeah. 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 Facing it is hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Like,
1: this is not normal.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. by,
1: you know, standards, if it's not normal to want to cry all the time, every day. Or to want to cry if someone asks you a question mm-hmm. or asks you to do something. Yeah. Like, it's not typical to have those kind of triggers.
0: But I think it's good that you talk about it because I still think, even though there's quite a bit of a movement for mental health, that... Uh, it's hard for people to talk about it. And so for you to, you know, say that at a public level, this is what I went through. And yeah, it's not normal, but people do experience it, but there's also solutions. There's yeah. things you can do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had a bit of anxiety and, you know, minor bouts of depression, depending on what's going on in my life. I think maybe in some cases it's situational as well, but it does, it takes a mindset in order to keep striving forward, like you said. It does. Yeah, and for me, I think sometimes it uh, comes up around certain issues around relationships, for example. I think that that is loaded as well, like depending on where you've come from and how you've been raised and, you know, especially being gay, um, having some, I don't know, I guess core beliefs about worth, worthiness and self-worth and self-esteem. Uh, that's that's tricky navigating the world, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I I struggle sometimes even for myself wondering, say, when I've worked in employment situations where people have employed me, I've always sometimes even questioned mentioning that. I have a girlfriend or if that I'm a lesbian, like why? Like I feel like people just assume that I have a boyfriend and then I feel like I always have to correct them and that just gets tiring and I just feel uncomfortable then to uh, correct them because I feel like they've already labeled me and put me in this box. Right. But I have to say I feel really proud lately because there's been a few incidences where people have asked me, Oh, like you and your girlfriends and then added boyfriends after with a question mark. <laughs> and,
0: so they're assuming correctly. Yeah. Which so is, <laughs> it is kind of nice. Yeah.
1: It, it was a kind of a nice feeling where I was like, oh, cool. Like you didn't. And it
0: sounds like you're cool with it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It Like, so that was a pretty neat experience just to like, see that there are more people who are a bit more open to yeah. kind of being like, well, why can't girlfriend go before boyfriend mm-hmm. when asking questions around relationship status? That's a
0: good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The assumptions that some yeah. people have. It's its actually okay to assume the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Because why not?
1: But the yeah. last few months, I've had that happen to me two times. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Hmm. Um, and it kind of made me all like warm and fuzzy inside. It was like, oh, <laughs> They cool. really
0: like, they know me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm actually curious on based on that. Um, so for me growing up talking about like we just did an episode on masculinity and I know that I felt like because I was gay that I, I had to I was trying to hide it. I think that I'm not a very good at, good at hiding that I'm gay. I think people <laughs> usually know. But um, part of it was the masculinity piece. So for me, like I felt not not enough of a man or, you know, a sissy because I, I'm i gay and that I was perceived that way. Mm-hmm. And there's this element of trying to pass as a straight man that I think is a little bit difficult for me. Although sometimes maybe by my appearance, you might not know, uh, unless I'm wearing really cute shorts. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, so the masculinity thing, I'm just curious, does femininity come up with like your experience being a lesbian? And like, if I'm not uh, feminine enough, does that mean that people will perceive me as gay? Like, what was, what was that experience like for you?
1: I definitely have played around with, with the masculine feminine, mm-hmm. um, stereotype. Even with myself, sometimes I feel more masculine, sometimes yeah. I feel more feminine. For a while, I felt very androgynous. Yeah. And I tend to lean to the feeling more androgynous more days than not. Mm-hmm. But I feel like even with dating, there's, there's mm-hmm. some uh, women who would label themselves as butch right others who would label themselves as as femme or or feminine. lipstick
0: lesbian they call yeah. that's another term right yeah. is that something that actually is used very much i think i've heard that more in media I, or tv
1: i think it's used I, i'm the worst i'm actually <laughs> the worst when it comes to the labels and stuff
0: maybe that's good though yeah. Maybe you really shouldn't have labels like i like the word androgynous quite a lot yeah um, because it means there's a, an element of flexibility and that Because I think the definition of like masculine and feminine is, is just, uh, characteristics that are usually associated with that gender. Yeah. But if you're, you know, what are those characteristics now? What, what does that even mean? Like who's determining what that is? Yeah. And so like, I have moments where I'm watching RuPaul and I'm, I've got some flaming, Hey girls, you know, <laughs> and the yeah. other time I'm at the gym and I'm feeling like the strongest man on the planet. Cause I just did like the best squats of my life. Exactly. So I think that it's, I've embraced both, but I guess, you know, it's probably the same for women too. Like what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Like I love my body mm-hmm. being, I guess, a woman, mm-hmm. but I also like to lift really heavy and I love when I can see my muscles pumped at the gym nice. and I like feeling a little masculine. Yeah, So I, I just like that balance. I don't like being put in a box, but I also, I'm not big into the idea of feeling like I have to wear a dress because I'm a woman. Right, it's Like jeans and a t-shirt. It's just that's my comfort zone. Yeah,
0: that's fair. <laughs>
1: and it's just it's a it's a weird spot to be. Mm-hmm. Um, like if say when I go to weddings, yeah. I love jumpsuits, like a, <laughs> like a romper. I I cannot do the dress thing. I just can't. I've yeah. tried and yeah. I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah. Just like oh when I was prepping for the fitness competition,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I went to several like posing workshops. And my coach had me going out for figure and for bikini. Oh, okay. And after doing the workshops, I just had to turn down the division of bikini because it was just way too feminine for me that it oh, made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I didn't like how bouncy and poppy all the posing was. And right. <laughs> I just felt like I was really out of my limit, out of okay. my, um,
0: comfort zone.
1: Yeah. I was yeah. out of my comfort zone just with. What was expected of me on stage, right? Whereas figure was a bit more structured, a bit more about muscle mass opposed to just your stage presence,
0: right? Okay, cool. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe we can talk a little bit about that. You've you've been on your competition, or you've been prepping for it for how long?
1: I started. Prepping, well, it's, it's complicated. Ever since I've been trying to, well, I've been getting out of depression. Yeah. I've been trying to gain weight. So I right. got myself up to 150 pounds. Oh, wow. And then in January, I start prepping. So I start cutting down my weight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's been a really, mentally and physically challenging process.
0: I bet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's
1: hard because I can't really participate in social gatherings the way I would want to.
0: Okay. Um, just
1: because I have like restricted eating and mm-hmm. a lot of people socialize in Vancouver through food.
0: <laughs> I think everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> food or beer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I was just kind of like going to social gatherings at restaurants or pubs and just sitting there with my water or black coffee. So <laughs> that was kind of depressing all on its own. But oh, um, yeah, I just recently had to, to pull from my competition. Mm,
0: just, yeah. You were mentioning that at Easter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just because I recognized some mental health issues that were coming up again and that it was taking on way too much that I need to kind of slow things down in life. Mm-hmm. Just because I do have my business that I'm starting up.
0: Right. And Which we'll get you to talk about a little bit more yeah. in a few minutes here.
1: <laughs> and, uh, so once, once I came to, to that realization, because through my business, I've actually developed a code that I want myself and my clients to live by. And oh, cool. One of the pieces to the code is I will be honest with myself. Um. Mm-hmm. And me being honest with myself was that I was taking on way too much at one given time. Right. So I decided to step back from the fitness competition.
0: And you just moved it, basically, right? Originally, it was supposed to be in May. Is that right? Yeah. And now you're doing the one in June.
1: Uh, Well, I'm leaving it open right now. Okay. Okay. um, Just because it's just way too much to think about with trying to launch my business. Yeah. And there's a lot of other personal things going on. Right. So I just... Want to just take one step at a time and just be honest with myself in the sense where this is all I can handle. Yeah. And I want to give a hundred percent in everything I do. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to just do it to say I did it. I want to do it and do it with reason right so that's where that's coming from
0: that's important i think being able to identify okay what's good for me right now being honest with yourself like you said um mm-hmm. reevaluating i think yeah. that people need to reevaluate more often yeah exactly even, even in other areas of your life like are you happy with where you're at in your career in your personal development in your fitness you know exactly and sometimes just you know pivoting a little bit
1: Nothing is set in stone. Yeah, you might wake up one day and you want one specific thing. Yeah, and then in a week from now, that could change because circumstances change. Yeah, everything's changing. And if one thing my mom's ever taught me is that the only thing that's constant is change. So
0: yeah, <laughs> just it's so true.
1: <laughs> bob and weave.
0: Well, and you got to go with it. Yeah, you know, because if you resist it. It just often makes life a bit more of a struggle.
1: Yeah, it really yeah. does.
0: Good for you. I appreciate that. You're sharing that with us. Cause I think people, yeah, need to sort of align with themselves and forgive yourself yeah. for, you know, not maybe being where you think you should be. Yeah. That's such a huge part for me. I've had so many times in my life where I thought, Oh, I'm just not where I, everyone else is. Cause I'm comparing myself to everyone else oh, yeah. or I'm just not where I thought I would be right now. Like everyone's got that life plan, but life plans are just a map for disaster because something always gets in the way. Yep. But now looking back, a lot of the things that I thought were failures or moments where I really screwed things up, it was actually one of my biggest uh, times for learning. And it took me to a new direction where I wouldn't even be today. You know, even this this podcast was due to going through a bit of a dark stage last summer and feeling quite depressed and um, just not knowing what to do next and like looking for answers and wanting to, you know, seek answers and I couldn't find them. And so I decided to teach myself and by doing that, I want to teach others, you know, and I think that's what you're doing too with fitness. I think that you've, maybe you can talk a little bit about your business because you've, yeah, you've come a long way. You've come out of depression. You're building an actual business to help encourage other people to reach their fitness goals. So maybe tell us a little bit about your business.
1: Okay. Well, it's, uh, I started my business called little Sega fitness, right. my yep. last name, so little Sega, I'm um, playing it off on the idea of everyone's personal fitness journey. So your fitness Sega mm. and how it's working is that I'm going to have programs. So right now I've just launched Sega stretch, which right. I'm offering a free, uh, 28 day challenge.
0: Oh, awesome. We'll put the links to that in the, in the show notes for sure. If anyone's interested. And what does that look like though? What does that challenge?
1: So the the Sega Stretch Challenge, That's um, it's a 28-day program mm-hmm. that's going to help get people back moving. So it's all about fundamental movements, okay. increasing flexibility, mobility. It's not yoga. It's uh, traditional exercises yeah. paired with stretching and dynamic stretching, dynamic warm-ups.
0: Basically just having some movement, incorporating some more movement into your life.
1: Exactly. So it's, it's designed for people who've been stationary for a while right. or been stationary for a long time who want to finally start getting moving, um, Mm -hmm. just to start building up like a little bit of a workout routine. So it's more not necessarily about weight loss. It's more about, uh, functionality and building routine and healthy habits.
0: That seems like a a good approach for someone that's maybe been out of the fitness game for a while or even never have really been part of a gym before.
1: Yeah. And with my, my business, I'm wanting it to escalate in the sense where it'll go from Sega stretch then I have the next phase, which is Sega Fit. So cool. it'll be more like Hit Cardio, Tabata style.
0: What's, what is Hit Cardio for people that don't know out there?
1: So it's high intensity interval training.
0: Gotcha.
1: Um, so it'll be more about cardiovascular endurance. Mm-hmm. And then from Sega Fit, it's, it'll go to Sega Rip, which will be about muscle endurance. So oh, it'll cool. Start getting muscle definition, start working with some weights. Yeah. Um, so it'll be, um, a three phase process. Yeah. So
0: three tiers. I like that.
1: Yeah. So people can start Sega stretch if they like, yeah. they can start Sega fit if they like, mm-hmm. or they can just jump right into Sega rip if that's where they are. And they want to focus on building muscle definition. Cool. Um, so I'm slowly launching and opening up my program mm-hmm. just launched this month, actually. So that's
0: very exciting. Yeah, Congratulations. We're
1: excited about it. I'm getting a lot of positive feedback so far from the program and the people who are in it. Yeah. And, um, between now and uh, summer, I'm going to be continuously launching a 28 day challenge cool. uh, that people can join for free.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. And then so what happens if they've done, they sign on for the challenge and then do you were hoping that obviously they would want to move into like the next phase?
1: Yeah, so they can either go into the next phase, so they Mm -hmm. can go to Sega Fit and continue to work forward to lifting heavier, or they can stay in Sega Stretch and just continue in an ongoing program. Cool. Yeah.
0: And are you offering online stuff as well as in person for anyone that's maybe not living in the city of Vancouver? So it's all online. Okay, yeah. Um,
1: But I am offering pop-up classes in the city.
0: Ooh, fun. So
1: I'm starting at the end of the month i believe mm. i can't remember my schedule offhand yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the month um i'll be doing pop-up classes in local parks and stuff like cool. that so that people can just join in and just yeah. get a feel for what kind of exercises are done in the program right and just get a face-to-face build some rapport yeah. um so they can get to know other sega stretch members cool and yeah just kind of go from there i'm also going to be uh, offering group hikes at the Once a month or something. Oh, awesome. That's great.
0: For people that just like to be outdoors, That it's not so much about being in an exercise class, but just, you know, conquering a mountain feels good.
1: Yeah. So, like, once a month, pick a new mountain, pick a new trail.
0: I um, like that. Just
1: kind of get together and and achieve a new a new outdoor activity together. So
0: mm-hmm. very yeah. cool. I think it's interesting too, um, that you mentioned that your, uh, Sega stretch, it's not so much about yoga. Cause I think some people have a bit of a preconception about what yoga is and mm-hmm. that it's maybe, uh, I, I don't know. I used to have the same mentality before I really got into yoga and now I fall in love with it. As <laughs> most people know, I'm yeah. obsessed with it. Um, but yeah, so that's an interesting concept that, you know, it's got maybe some yoga type positions or you know type stretching, but it's not just necessarily yoga based. So
1: exactly, it's yeah. it's definitely like um, exercises to help engage your mm-hmm. core mm-hmm. Um, and. Those those muscles that you need just to function in everyday life that sometimes we forget how to use them properly.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, even just being in a job again. Where I've been sitting at a desk uh, doing part time for the last couple of months, and going from my usual on my feet running around kind of job to doing that was just a bit of a shift. And if I'm not keeping up with my fitness, I notice that even just muscles that I haven't been using in a while. Wow, what a difference when you start yeah. getting on them again. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, It takes a bit to, you know, get back into the groove.
1: It really does. Like when I was first coming out of my depression, I started with the 10 minutes of exercise a day, which is what kind of inspired my, my Sega stretch was Mm -hmm. that this is how I got myself out of my Mm -hmm. rut. And I got myself moving again. So just kind of taking the elements that I used Mm -hmm. and applying them to my program. So it's just it's those small changes you make every day that lead to something bigger. And I started off doing uh, just body weight exercises. Right. And,
0: and you said 10 minutes a day is what you started 10 with. 10 minutes a day. Yeah.
1: That's all I started with. And now I'm lifting and squatting and dead, like deadlifting.
0: Yeah. Uh, right on.
1: A lot of weight. <laughs> I never great. thought I could be doing it right now. So, well,
0: And that is a good message for people, too. I mean, there's a lot of people, I think, that are just too afraid to get to the gym. Yeah. And I think that you brought up a couple of good points that trying something that's online, like your program, for example, uh, or even just watching videos. Sometimes that is a nice way to start because you can get a feel for what the gym is going to be like. You know, in your living room. And yeah. it's a little less intimidating. It really is. But also taking those smaller steps because we've all heard about the, I signed up on New Year's Day as my new, as my resolution and I went, you know, three times a week for three weeks and then I stopped going. Something happened.
1: Yeah. And the great thing with my online program too is there's accountability. So people mm. sign up and I converse with them. Like, there's a messaging board. They have to say that they've done the exercise. Oh, awesome. Um, there's meal logging, meal guidance. Right. There's a, a Facebook social group. Right. Uh, it's a closed private group for just members. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, there's a lot of accountability there and a, a really awesome community. So yeah. I'm just hoping for it to grow. And yeah, it's, it's a place where if there are questions, that I'm open to people coming to me and saying, Hey, I don't understand this or
0: just drop me a line and get that support that you need in that moment or on that weekend when, you know, you think that you don't have the support. Exactly. Yeah. Such a big deal. Um, I'm just curious, um, when it comes to your business, what have been some of the biggest learning lessons for you around building a business? I mean, I've just been figuring out marketing myself as well as you've been watching. Uh, so what's, what's been the biggest challenges for you with building your business?
1: The biggest challenge is finding, I guess, my confidence in trusting the process, which Oh my
0: gosh, I totally get it.
1: It's another one of my core values for my business is just to trust the process and stay consistent. Mm -hmm. So with my business, it's just remembering and reminding myself to stay consistent because over time, it's those steps that are going to get me to where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really easy. And I think that's what separates people from the rest is when something's not easy right away and they give up. Um, so as long as I stay consistent mm-hmm. and even if I have a small following, like that'll be my following and our community for uh Sega Fitness. Yeah. And it'll grow over time because I think I think it's a really great program. Like I know like I'm supposed to say that about my own business, but mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> like I'm really proud of it. Like yeah. it's really exciting for me.
0: Good, you should be. And that is gonna keep your business going, I think. It's it is about enthusiasm and it's about getting up on those days where you're like oh, I just don't know if I'm going to make it. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be successful or not. And getting up and showing up anyways. Yeah, definitely. That's that's what this has been about for me, too, with the podcast. And I I just, I listen to a lot of other podcasts as well and some interesting things that I've heard. I'm really grateful, actually, for listening to other people. It's because of people that I've been following that I do pick myself up on days where I don't believe in myself. Um, I I listen to a Lewis Howes podcast, and he... Interviewed someone that said that you have to choose, you have to claim extraordinary or your life will claim you as ordinary. And I know that that sounds a little bit cheesy perhaps, but it really means something to me because I think that I've always been too afraid to try for a lot of things and to actually grab onto an idea, a creative idea and go with it. It, it takes courage and it takes, you know, a little bit of fearlessness or even, you know, acknowledging fear and doing it anyways.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Um. I, I do the same thing. I check out all kinds of fitness people online. All these yeah. programs that people are offering. Yeah. They're all over Facebook.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I, sometimes it feels like there isn't anything. No one's done yet.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a. It's an overwhelming. World out there, especially in media. It really Like, is. there's so many people out there doing similar things and finding that niche is an interesting concept.
1: Yeah. And that's yeah. why I started with Sega Stretch. Cause the one common thing I noticed with everyone's fitness program online was that a lot of people comment that the workouts are too advanced. Oh, is
0: interesting. Is there something
1: a little bit more beginner friendly. So the awesome. Sega stretch was designed based on that. And for myself, knowing what it was like to start or begin again. Yeah. I want it to have that as a platform that that's where people can go to start building their fitness confidence. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. I really like that. I also like what you said about, um, just not worrying about how big your following is at the beginning. Yeah. And just like, I've watched you work with my sister as well, you know, and, and help her like walk through some of those fitness challenges. Uh, and there's a lot of people that it's, it's hard. It's hard to walk through weight issues, yeah. you know, and even just to jump back on the horse even if you've already been really fit in your life, like I've had days where in the past I've had moments where I've been, I felt like really on top of my game and like really fit and active. And then I take a little bit of a break and all of a sudden it's actually scary to go back. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I ha- I have those as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, definitely, it's an odd, uh odd thing to overcome, to try to let, you know, let, Go of your image of I need to be perfect and just get moving.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like having a community, no matter what it's in, whether it's, it's a podcast or, mm-hmm. or fitness, it's like having a sense of community just kind of like makes you feel like you're not alone mm-hmm. in whatever it is you're doing.
0: And that's such a big point that that's something that I say a lot on the podcast is that I want people to know. That's why I want to talk about issues like this whether it's mental health or whatnot, um, you know, like that you're not alone. Like people go through this and sometimes people just don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Such a big deal. Community is huge, especially when it comes to fitness and having support that you need.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, like I, I always like keep my doors open. If like, even if it's someone I haven't talked to in years mm-hmm. and they reach out to me and they have say a mental health issue or they just need someone to talk to in a moment, yeah. it's yeah. for like I just I can relate and have so much empathy that like no matter what time of the day it is I just want to be there for that person because like I re- it really resonates with me where it's like I know what it feels like yeah and I don't want anyone to feel that way I don't want anyone to go down that road that I have been through because it's it's not fun <laughs> it is yeah. is an awful experience yeah. um I'm thankful. Because there was a silver lining in the end, mm-hmm. um, but there was a huge risk factor that came along with it as well. Right. So.
0: I'm just curious, who are your biggest cheerleaders right now? I mean, you're talking about having community and you're building a community for people. But who are your who are the people you go to?
1: Um, who are the people I go to for support? Um, I actually still go to my mom a lot.
0: Awesome. That's great.
1: (laughs) My mom is probably like my biggest cheerleader. Awesome. Um, I bombard her with lots of questions. (laughs) She's my Guinea pig. I, I, I get her to test everything out before I set it off to, to the public. Mm -hmm. Um, she's my proofreader, my editor. Oh wow.
0: That's great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. She's very dedicated to my endeavors. And I also have several coaches as well. Oh, really? Um for my business and for my fitness competition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I feel like I turn to them a lot in the sense where they're great information resources. Mm-hmm. Um I've learned a lot even just about fitness outside of my general studies. Okay. Um for personal training from my coaches for figure competition. Okay. Just just the process of prepping for competition is so layered. It's Mm. it's such a layered process Mm -hmm. and it's, it's nothing I could have ever imagined and it's nothing you can find online. It's like there are pieces of the puzzle online, but to put it all together would be like, a needle in a haystack. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I can't even imagine some of the, the details that you have to be aware of going into something like that. Yeah.
1: yeah. And my online coach for my business, it's it's been really great because I'm also connected to a worldwide network of other personal trainers.
0: That's awesome.
1: And we all kind of bounce ideas off one another. Mm-hmm. And we share what we're working on and constantly giving like constructive criticism. That's um, great. Exercise going live.
0: Piloting your, your product. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: So that's all good. And we all have different niche and we just kind of like give a a listening ear when, when one's needed and Mm -hmm. also Mm -hmm. give advice when one's needed. So
0: that's cool. That's a big deal. Having people that you can go to with that stuff uh, for new, you know, entrepreneurs. Um, so you're definitely saying that, that you suggest that that's something that, you know, new business owners or entrepreneurs should consider. Yeah. Like I
1: came from it as a standpoint and this an educational journey for me. Yeah.
0: Because it's an investment in yourself.
1: It really is. Yeah. Like I, I have no regrets Mm -hmm. in, In all of the the steps I've taken so far. Right on. Um I've learned so much in just a short amount of time that my brain feels like it might explode. But it's (laughs) so good.
0: In an exciting way. In
1: an exciting way. Good, good. (laughs) It's just information coming up from everywhere. So it's pretty neat.
0: Cool. That's great. Well, um, it sounds like you've overcome a lot. You've come a long way. So do you still have you know part of that ideal version of yourself in your head that you haven't quite reached? You know obviously, you want your business to take off. Um, is there something else that you would like to manifest for yourself in the next couple of years?
1: I say the biggest thing I would like to overcome in the next couple of years is to just chill out a little bit more.: Oh, yeah. Especially with having this huge career change, yeah. I definitely noticed that I'm a little bit more high strung than I'd like to be just because, you know, (laughs) everything is kind of up in the air with everything being so new.
0: Yeah. Um, When you're trying to respond to people right away because you want to have those leads.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And just wanting to be on top of your business. I totally get that.
1: So I'm hoping to eventually everything just kind of folds organically Mm -hmm. where my business becomes my lifestyle and it's just this natural flow. Yeah. Um, we'll post to right now. Everything's a learning curve. So. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So coming back a little bit to sort of the queer community, I mean, we've talked a little bit about coming out what that's like, especially small town. So if you had to go tomorrow, this was your time was up. um, What would you want your message to be to the young people in the queer community today? What would you want them to know about life or how to get through?
1: I think I think the biggest thing is to always follow your intuition Mm. because no matter what, any time I went against my intuition, that is when I've been the most unhappy. Mm -hmm. Um, But even if I, I followed my gut and what my body was telling me I needed or what I wanted or what was right. Mm -hmm. um, That's when I would find more clarity. Mm.
0: Um,
1: i kind of learn a little bit more about myself. I I would grow into a little bit-
0: Closer into the person you want to be. Yeah. Can you, maybe, do you want to tell the audience what's the most important moment in your life so far? I guess you talked about coming overcoming depression, but is there another moment that's like really significant for something important for you?
1: I think the most significant thing I've ever done in my life Mm, mm -hmm. was move to Vancouver.
0: Mm.
1: I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I made a decision and gave my parents two weeks' notice that I was leaving
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I came here with just a suitcase. Wow, and it was the biggest hardest learning curve I've ever had. <laughs> and I was only nineteen.
0: Wow, um, that's really, really impressive.
1: So that that's probably like I've traveled a lot, but that's probably like the most significant decision I've ever made in my life mm-hmm. because if I hadn't made that decision, I have no idea who I'd be right now.
0: Right. Wow. Powerful. That is a big risk. I haven't ever really gotten up and left and moved somewhere. I mean, even just taking my trip across the world was, it felt like that, that took courage and, you know, acknowledging fear, but to move like with your, when you're 19 is like, that's big, so I can imagine how impactful that was in your life. Yeah. Very cool. And, um, just maybe to wrap up here, What's the vision for the future? Where do you like to see yourself moving in the next future? Maybe not moving, but uh, <laughs> moving forward in your life. What's next? What's going to happen outside of the business growing into a multi-million dollar amazing business? <laughs> what, what else is next for you?
1: Uh, I think I want to enjoy, like even right now, I want to enjoy friends and family a little more. Mm. Um, I feel like the attention has been so much on myself over the last few years in the sense of talking to counselors and doing all the self work that I feel like I'm ready to start putting energy in other people because I feel like my glass is full now right. and I want to start sharing some of that through my fitness, uh-huh. um, helping other people feel better, feel stronger as well as putting energy and time into my friends that I've been neglecting. Right. Um, and I, that doesn't make me feel good to be neglecting that a little bit, but just the fact of like recognizing it makes me feel good uh-huh. in knowing that that's a change I want to start making right just setting time aside just to make sure I call home more frequently yeah but those kind of things just be a little bit more humble a little bit more grounded mm. um, I know for me right now building a home like I really want to build a home I feel like I have this home base things have been so unstable the last four years that
0: yeah.
1: I, that's something I really want to see in my future is just kind of grounding myself and kind of exerting positive energy into the people around me.
0: I like that. And, you know, it's interesting about the uh, unstable, because I think that for you, actually, a lot of that unstable moments like that's that's really helped you create the life that you've got going now. And I think it's going to take you really far in your future. Um, having overcome that and believing in yourself is huge, Thank you. but it's, uh, you're going to do, yeah, I think you're definitely going to carry that with you into your business. And I think people will see that and see you as, you know, an authentic person that they do want to come to. Uh, so I definitely think you're going to do well.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, for
0: <laughs> sure. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave the audience with before we wrap up?
1: Yeah, I think I've talked about almost everything. Just, mm-hmm. just always remember just to be just honest with yourself, no matter mm-hmm. what you do. Listen to your intuition. If something doesn't feel right, like, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, believe in yourself. If you want something, there'll be, there'll always be someone telling you you can't do it or mm-hmm. that your goals are ridiculous. But just believe in yourself, because if you want something and you're willing to work at it mm-hmm. and keep working at it and not get deterred just at like the smallest little thing, that it'll happen for you.
0: Yeah. Sometimes waiting for that miracle to happen. Yeah. Just wait another <laughs> minute. Hold on yeah. a little longer. Yeah. And it will. Yeah. Yeah. That's that belief part is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone, in case you missed that, believe in yourself. Yes. And just take the time to put the work in and just know that something's gonna come of it yeah awesome well okay so we're gonna wrap up for the day here but how can our listeners get the hold of you
1: um, well I have my Facebook page
0: okay
1: uh, let Sega fitness right? Uh, so you can just search it in the, the Facebook search bar. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I'll post some of the links, too, on the, the site. What about on social media? Or is there on Instagram? What's your username there?
1: Instagram's is Lesaga Fitness as well. Oh, good. You're it's consistent. across the board. It's
0: oh, that's good.
1: Consistency. It's key. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and also on Twitter.
0: Twitter, right. yeah. And your website is com. Yes, as it well? is. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Great. Well, I hope that uh, the listeners enjoyed uh, listening to me and Kayla talk fitness and mental health and uh, overcoming obstacles and uh, definitely reach out to her if you have any questions or you're interested in the uh, Sega Fitness program and uh, yeah thanks again for joining us on another episode of Journey to Worthy. And you can check uh, the show notes out with all the links on journeytoworthy.com. That's journey number two worthy.com. or hit me up on Instagram if you have any questions as well. Uh, username at journey2, number two, Jeremy. Journey to Jeremy. Awesome. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great week.